Hi, I'm Graham Lasso, and you're listening to Eat, Sleep, Chelsea, Repeat with Chris, Craig, and Brady. Welcome to the Eat, Sleep, Chelsea, Repeat pod. We're back after the winter break, and Chelsea are in a cup final. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my brother Craig and our good friend Brady. Guys, how does it feel to be in a cup final again? Yeah, it sounds good, doesn't it? Um, I think this season, the League Cup, is probably going to be the highlight of our uh, of our whole season. So yeah, the, it all comes down to that Liverpool game at Wembley uh, in a few weeks. Hey, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be ESCR going to Wembley. Okay, Sarah, Sarah, I mean, <laughs> get the celery ready, get it all ready. This is our big day out. You know, we might we might get pumped through nil or you know done on penalties twenty one twenty like we did last year, but it's a big day out. And uh, I tell you what, after the last eighteen months, we need a big day out. So yeah, I'm really happy they made the final. And uh, yeah, it's just I mean, look, it's the Carabao Cup final. It's, it's not, but it's something to build on, right? Like you know, Pep has often built teams on it, as same as Mourinho. So yeah, I'm really excited about being in the final. Well, we've got a bit of a dress rehearsal for the cup final in our next fixture, which we'll touch on at the end of the pod. Um, but I guess we can start with uh, Chelsea scoring six goals at the bridge against Middlesbrough. Fantastic. Um, Chelsea ran out, uh, having been 1-0 down, obviously, from the first leg. Um, Chelsea hit, hit Middlesbrough for six. A um, couple of goals from Cole Palmer, Madueke, even Axel Dezassi. Got on the score sheet Yay! somehow. Enzo Fernandez scored, so all the unlikely players. And <laughs> uh, and even Johnny Housing got us an own goal, which is always nice. Um what what do you think of the, the Borough game? How did we see that one? Obviously it was it was a tense night because we, we a lot was at stake really. Um going into it. How do we feel? I, I was really confident going into the game. I know we were chatting before and I uh, don't think anyone else shared my level of confidence but I think what we saw from the first leg was was not much out of a, a, a Borough team and look Chelsea didn't show up that night really away at Borough but when the pressure was on at Stamford Bridge I was just you know we were always going to score and I thought Borough were always going to find it very hard to score in that game so I was feeling super super confident before the game I liked the team they had out I wouldn't have started uh, Madrid I would have started Madueke but I, I had sort of predicted hadn't I in our, in our group that he was going to uh, drop Gallagher or rest Gallagher or whatever you want to say in that game we just didn't need him and uh, I think a few people questioned whether Posh would actually do it but he uh, he did and boy did it look good at points in this game um, the first 10 minutes actually Borough played pretty well and, and decent and, and sort of maybe surprised us with with their pressing and, and not sitting back as deep as we expected but after that the floodgates opened and yeah we took our chances which was fantastic to see I mean, it was a bit of a bizarre game because it was clinical Chelsea. I think it was six six shots on target, six goals. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, even after ten minutes, you're feeling a bit nervy. I think they had. Um, I think they might have been at one nil. They had a good chance, and they were hitting us on the breaking transition. Um, but yeah, it was four nil at half time. I mean, I, I, but I got to be honest. You, you know, you know, my, my friend's a QPR fan, and he talks about this where, like, you know, a lot of these managers, Carrick, and these like up and coming managers, they're trying to be like, you know, they want to be Peps a little bit. They're trying to play out from the back, and if you haven't got the personnel to do it, it really looks re- very naive. And Middlesbrough did that. I mean, they gave us two or three goals really. I mean, Palmer's fantastic at pressing, which he showed in other games, but it was a bit of both clinical Chelsea and, I mean, injury ravaged, uh, ravaged uh, Middlesbrough. But yeah, I mean. We should, I mean, let's be honest, we should be beating those kind of teams 5-6 sometimes. So it was nice it actually happened. And uh, yeah, a little bit of an anticlimax, a little bit in the second half, because you know, there was this big tension towards the game. You know, we are going to be a lot of drama. But, you know, it's very it's routine in the end. So yeah, but fantastic way to get to Wembley. Yeah, I think there was some murmuring, obviously, before the game, expecting, you know, big performance. They've had nine days off. Um, big, obviously, playing to get into a final. Um, and I think it was it wasn't exactly how I thought they would approach the game in the beginning. I thought it'd be you know really high intensity, get a goal early. It was quite a subdued sort of first fifteen like fifteen minutes. The the own goal obviously like 
once the goal goes in, you know, we uh, scoring first in games is so big. People appreciate how big it is, and it just set the tone. And then the second one went in, and then suddenly it's like a whole new team. It was amazing to watch. People were running around, high energy. Kind of what I thought how the game would start. Um, and look, some really good performances. Shout out to Axel Dezassi, one of his best games. And he got a, a lovely goal. I think he's found we'll his to, level. We'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to clip that bit, mate. Shout out to Axel. Yeah. We'll have to clip that bit and put it mid-table on champ, Mid-table championship team. <laughs> this, is, this is where he's absolutely shining for us. Two out of three tackles in it as well. Tell you the, what, third string, the third string striker for the mid-table championship team didn't cause him any problems. <laughs> yeah, good to see him uh, get involved in some tackling as well. So that's always good to see. Thanks, thanks, Axel. Um, look, it was it was uh, in the end it was routine. I was a bit worried at the beginning, but um, I think their decision to to not sit in probably wasn't the right one away from home. So poor management from my perspective. But yeah, happy with the goals and very very happy to be in the final. It's been a fairly fairly I would say easy because it's never really that easy, but. I agree. Uh, like, ideal run, really, for us. All home games. We caught Newcastle. There were. I think we can so. say easy. I think we can say easy. We can I say mean, easy. Once, yeah. I mean, once Man City went out and Spurs went out, um, and Arsenal went out, the draw really opened up, right? So yeah, um, it's yes. all played into our favour quite nicely. And we played quite yeah, tired. We played quite tired. I mean, Brighton always rotate for those uh, this competition, and obviously we played a fairly tired Newcastle game, and we had to Kieran Trippier had to give Madrid the ball. In the ninety third minute or whatever, but yeah, I mean, you take what you can get. I mean, you you can't pick your draws. You just you know, he plays in front of you. That's it, really. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. That was a good win, and then I guess more recently the the Aston Villa game. Um, so much more, I would say, challenging opposition that we've seen in in recent times. Uh, we know how much change and improvement Emery's done to to Aston Villa in such a short space of time. And this was a Friday night game, which is always always nice to see, I guess, mm. in the FA Cup. And it was a nil-nil in the end, so neither team could break the deadlock. How did you see the the Villa game? Obviously, it was slightly changed lineup due to some some injuries. I think it, in a way it was the opposite of the Borough game, where I think we could have been three or four up first half if we were more clinical. I mean, Madueke had a really good chance. Uh, that was a really good chance, Madueke away. And I know that people have gone about that. I think he scores that a lot. He's really good body shape and should have put it in the corner. Um, Palmer had a couple of opportunities. Um, I think it was one where Villa took a little bit of a while to get going um, because they'd, they'd had 12 days off. Maybe they're fresh, but maybe not like match ready. And we were really sharp because we had that energy and focus from the other games, but we just ran out of steam a little bit in the second half. And unfortunately, the subs didn't really help us either. Um, but I mean, some, I know, Chris, you weren't that, that enamoured by the performance. I thought it was generally a good performance. And I know CSC Central on X said it was one of the better performances of the season in the first 45 minutes. So I agree, I think it was good. A lot of energy. You boys were at the game. Um, I couldn't watch it. I was watching it at home. It just seemed like a very good atmosphere on a Friday night. Was that correct? It seemed like a good atmosphere, was it? It, it was decent, yeah. I, th- I think the you know I think when the shed gets displaced, it's yeah. it's never ideal to be honest. And Villa always well supported and obviously took the whole allocation. They were certainly loud. It was it was decent. It was it was it was fine. I wouldn't say it was anything. I, I, I think the team. I think the team were just uh, you know feeding off the energy a little bit from Tuesday and the crowds. And I thought the press in this game was excellent. I mean, the one thing you get from Gallagher, obviously Gallagher started this game. That was a big difference from the game before. The one thing you get with Gallagher, a little bit that we saw even Frank Lampard um, used it last year in that Real Madrid at home leg where he put Gallagher up front, basically. Um, Gallagher and Palmer in the press, so they're unbelievable in the press. They, yeah. can, create, they can create so many opportunities. Um, I mean, basically, most of a lot of our chances in this game were from that press. Um, yeah, I think that's where I think people look. You know, I watched the game back again and... A lot of our best chance, you know, we had, we had two. I would say two really, really good moves, which ended up in really good chances for Madueke, uh in the game. But I think generally it was quite slow and sluggish, and uh, uh, most of the better chances were actually just mistakes um, or you know good pressing. You would say from us, yeah. and I, I think, think was, you can force mistakes, right? They're not unforced errors. No, I mean, no, I, yeah, I, I think that's really good. But you know, when we look at people like Gallagher this season. No goals, and again, 
couldn't really get us going. He actually had a really good chance. Was it in the Middlesbrough game as well, where he was one on one from like 20, 25 yards out and he couldn't get a shot off? Um, Palmer. He's so slow in there. Yeah, <laughs> that moment, yeah. he looks so slow. You know? Palmer's had a few games where he just hasn't. He's almost like he's scoring the really challenging chances, <laughs> but he can't. He can't get the easy ones in. I mean, that one where it fell to him and he just completely miskicked it is 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 game changing for us. And his his expectations are high. Um, it was it was a game where we should have won, and now we've put ourselves in a position where we're on the back foot away at Villa, very challenging stadium to go to this season. They haven't lost a game, a bit like Liverpool next week. So. Yeah, that's, I think, missed opportunity for me. Yeah, I, think, I, think, I do think, like, the criticism, obviously, that the chances are being created by the pressing. I, I think the one of my biggest complaints for Potter last season was the the pressing structure wasn't there at all. I'm not, comp- sorry, I'm not complaining about the pressing. I'm no, saying, yeah, just I'm just like, saying. You know, the complaints being that, you know, the open play chances aren't being created as much and that the, the chances are coming through pressing. I think, obviously, I would say that Villa didn't create anything from, from open play really at all, either in this game. Um, in fact, their chances in the first 60, 70 minutes of the game were basically non-existent. Um, so I think, you know, you, you do have some sort of balance as well. Um, I think we, we defended and, and structured our team really well to to prevent Villa scoring as well, while also pressing really, really high. And um, yeah, I thought the energy in the second half of the Borough game and in this game was really, really good. And I just wonder whether this team is starting to really come together. I know we have Mm. got some players back from from injuries as well, but that Caicedo-Fernandez double pivot against... um, against Borough and then again against uh, Villa as well. I know Gallagher played in sort of that 10 role potentially in this game, but and they, they sort of switched between 4-3-3 and 4-2-3-1. But still, I think those two featuring together as a moment. The, the only obviously annoying thing was Colwell getting injured in the warm-up and us having to play Gilchrist. But he actually ended up having a, an okay game. And actually, when Chilwell came on, that's when the sort of structure broke down a little bit more. And... I, I just wonder as well with, with Posh whether, you know, he, he sort of, now he's got these players back, he sort of wants to force them on the pitch. But I actually think sometimes leaving the structure the way it is, if it's working, is is better. And, and Chilwell coming on, I was expecting it to be, you know, the catalyst for maybe just a nick of 1-0 win. And in the end, it ended up being, you know, the results of Villa really dominating the last 20 minutes of the game, which was really disappointing. The, one, the thing about the likes about this game is, I think for fairly large periods in, in the middle of the game, we look we make Villa, who are like titles, titles slash top four contenders, you know, I think they're like twelve points above us in the league. We made them look pretty ordinary, to be honest. I mean, I don't think Ollie, Ollie Watkins was having a day off. I think. I mean, I don't remember. I think he had about ten touches in the game. Um, I, I think that I'm starting. I think that should be overlooked. I, I'm, start, I'm starting to see. I'm starting to believe in this team a bit. I think. Um, it's not just the results. I mean, like, after the Man United with our little rant, I was like, right, points, points, points. And they've been getting that. I mean, and don't get me wrong, some of them have been pretty lucky. Like, Luton was obviously pretty iffy at the end. Palace at home wasn't great. Fulham at home wasn't great. But I'm just starting to believe in the team a little bit. You can see the patterns of play a bit more. You can see the personalities of the players come out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And you just, I, th- I think you're just starting to see a team um, rather was than... It- was it any different to the game we played against Aston Villa last time? No, but I actually thought we played pretty well in that game, and we were unlucky not to win the game. Yeah, I thought we played, sorry. I thought we played better the game we lost one nil to them. We played. I mean, Sterling, Sterling did almost did a, a bad. Um, well, I mean, he was basically through on goal like he was against Wolves. Basically, all he had to do was square it. I mean, Jackson missed a few chances, and I think Watkins. I mean, a big difference in this game as well. I mean, they talked about that on the Straight Out Com podcast was. You know, Petrovic made a fantastic save from Matty Cash to you know to to not lose the game, and in that other game, Sanchez let it through his legs. So from the um, corner flag, the guy shot from as well. Yeah, I mean, Carl, I remember Carl Will showed him to the outside, and he beat him from like an almost impossible angle. I think it was like a zero point four, zero point zero point four goal or something. But not getting on Sanchez there, but just these little moments, and look, we're ten up, we're ten unbeaten at the bridge. I mean, that's big. I mean, especially at the start of the season, our home form was woeful. We got beat by yeah. Brentford, Forest. So go with 10 unbeaten at home. I mean, look, there's some iffy performances in there. Don't get me wrong. We're not playing 1970 Brazil football here. But we're getting there. And 
you know, that's all you can ask for from this group. And I can just see, I can just personally, I can see why fans maybe wouldn't agree, but I can just see some progression in the team personally. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with you, Brady. I, I, I can definitely see progression in the team. I think there's, yeah, there's a lot of, we've got, I think we've got much better players than last year. I think that's clear as day for me. Um, it's all over the pitch, apart from the attack, which is as bad as it was last year because it's mostly, well, Havertz has been replaced by Jackson. Uh, Sterling's still there. And who was on the right? Mm, I don't know, okay. No, last year. Was it? Sure. I don't know. I don't know. No one Mount, well, Mount obviously yeah, played the start of the Mount. season. Yeah. It, so, you know, you know, it was basically the same game. I know we can create chances. We've seen that all season, but no one can actually finish half of them. And that's a constant problem. And there's, there'll be a constant problem in this team until the players up front either improve or we sign people who are unfortunately just better than them. Um, that will obviously change how we play. Sometimes. So, speaking of people that are better than them, Christopher and Kunku back in training today. Yeah, yeah, that's big. I mean, uh, just a, just a, the ma- I think this is the first macro point of twenty twenty four. I don't know. I'm not, that we had <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, did you call it something else last time? Did you? Can we get know, a macro? Yeah. Can we get a little yeah, bit? First, like first helicopter view. A macro yeah. point counter. I think. Yeah. I think that Poch was looking to rely on Amanda Breyer in this period as a striker, and it's just gone completely the other way, where he's probably going to be out of the exit door. Uh, I think this was like a trial period for Breuer and in this January period and it's not worked. So he's had to go back to false nine and obviously what I mean with Jackson being away at AFCON. So with Jackson being away, I mean, we had to adjust and yeah, I mean, so I think he's just gone to, I mean, he even said before the game, Villa, I'm trying new things. Like I'm trying Gallagher and Palmer. He's just trying new things out. He doesn't trust Breuer at all. So it's not, I mean, all the media say this and we say this, we need a striker or we need a vocal point and we need someone up front who can get some goals. So um, hopefully Nkunku can feel that in the short term and then hopefully in the summer we can fit it in long term. But yeah, that's the way I see it. One, one of the big positives for me from the game was the pressing. Um, yeah. And I think we really benefited from having um, like Palmer in the false nine and, and Gallagher is like, I mean, he was kind of playing... 10, 8, I don't know. Yeah. But um, he, was, he was high, right? He was high, he was pressing. For sure, and yeah. what we see and have seen this season is Jackson playing there. And what you'd say about Jackson is he's super high energy, he runs around. But he's not very like good at pressing. Not and yet. I think you just saw, I just saw just such a big difference in someone who has high, two people who have high energy, Jackson and Palmer, for example. But one of them is actually good at pressing and one of them isn't. And it makes such a difference because the team feel it. Yeah. When they see and Gallagher and Palmer, you know, Sterling reacts, Madueke's reacting, mm-hmm. uh, Caicedo's reacting, Enzo's reacting, and it built, and that's how it built, and the crowd are reacting, and that's how it starts. And we just we we get starting to get that bit right. If you can get that right, for me, that 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 intensity that's been missing all season, and I, I saw a little bit. I saw it against City, but I saw it a lot more against Villa. It died a death when Chilwell came on for some reason, but um, it was yeah, really I good. I don't get that at all. I totally agree. I think when Chilwell came on, it really killed the whole team for some reason. But yeah, just mm. hard to understand that. But yeah, I, I would say the word you're looking for maybe is intelligence of pressing. I think that's what Palmer and, and Gallagher, they, they look like they've been through Chelsea and City's academies. That's what they look like. You also, know. I do a special mention. I think Madueke is a good presser as well. I think he presses pretty well. I think he works hard down that right. And um, yeah, I think... Just high, just a lot of high energy in in forward areas, and yeah, that, that created most of the chances in the game, really. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some players. Let's let's do temps. Time to see whose form's on top, who's heating up, whose temperatures dropped, who's been playing well and who's not. It's freezing, warming up, boiling hot. So today we're going to do some joint temperatures from Middlesbrough and Aston Villa. Our winter break cup temps, I guess you'd call it. Um, I think there's a few, a few easy ones. Um, I guess we can start with Mudrick, who was really, really poor, I think, against Middlesbrough at home uh, in the first game. He, I think... What really easier, sim- easier freezer is he? 
Sorry, he's he's my freezer. Apologies, yeah. He is my he's my freezer. So I think he um I think the booking as well was a big negative and then it just obviously gave the ball away practically every time he got it. At one point I just think, I just think he was just booting the ball around. Um maybe he knew he was going to be subbed. But yeah, really big well, really bad performance I think against an opposition where you'd expect him to to try and find some good form, try and find some good spaces, be a bit more, again, high energy. You know, the goals were flowing first half. Um, he was playing a bit wide, fine with inverted wingbacks for Chilwell moving forward, but um, his movement and his general, I don't know, awareness seems to be quite low. So, like, he's going to take a lot more games to get any better, a lot more games, and he needs to, I don't know what they're doing coaching-wise, but uh, he doesn't seem to get it. <laughs> When he's on the yeah, bit. I, mean, I, th- I think players have taken massive steps under posh. I, I, I don't think. I, I don't think when I'm looking at Mudrick, I think that, that that they're not trying with him. I think it's pretty obvious. I think even the players actually coach him on the field, Mudrick. Um, the players were irate with him. Fernandez yeah. was jumping up and down. He was like, "Just run, mate." Colwell at points in that game was just yelling yeah. at him um, from from behind. He's like, but I think when when a 19 year old centre-back is coaching you as a winger um, at, at 22 as a 65 million pound 22 year old winger I just think you know there's, there's something wrong with with that and and he just doesn't get it at all at moments when to run in behind when to receive the ball and, and go down the line I mean this there's so much stuff I, I know the Athletic did a really good article this week yeah we should, um, we should talk about that yeah on this as well and it, it it's clear for fans I think I you know I called it very early with Mudrick with his in-game intelligence and that that managers don't trust him and i think you can you're starting to see i mean we've got a year's sample size now of of him playing in games and you can just see why they don't i mean you you'd never trust him in any big game you you know the league cup final he won't start that because even though you know he he really should be a great matchup for for trent down that that side uh, he he won't start because you just can't trust him You, you cannot trust him I think that I mean talking about that Athletic article by Liam Tooney today and Tom Harris that came we're recording on a Monday here and it came out today. I mean there's three areas that they identified. He doesn't protect the ball well enough. His movement is erratic and he often reacts too late. I think definitely the middle one. Um, I'm not sure about protecting the ball because I think sometimes he has shown some good strength and Tooney does go through that. Where I think against Crystal Palace he has some really good link up. Obviously he scored in that game. I think he had a really good first half. Um, but I think you can't you can't say anything about him. Like have being strong on the ball when he has the most giveaways in the Premier League. Yeah, I mean that's true. Yeah, I mean what what's the stat? Uh, lost the ball within five seconds, fifty to, on fifty occasions in eight hundred minutes a season. That equates to five point five times during per ninety. I mean that's once every I don't know sixteen minutes. Uh, my maths isn't the best for something like that. Just losing the ball too much, not protecting it enough. The movement is the real thing, though. It, he kind of he's a little bit like me when I play five aside. He just can't seem to find any space. He sort of runs, runs, kind of runs in, uh, kind of runs into the middle, uh, I, and they, they compared him to Raheem Sterling, who does this really well. A lot of players like Saka, they go to the touchline, receive the ball, and then attack in like a 43, 45 degree angle towards the goal. Woodrick doesn't seem to be able to do that. He barely goes down the line. When he does go down the line, he often has a lot of success because he's so fast. Yeah. yeah I mean, versus, versus some fun fullbacks, you could literally do punt and run because he is like so quick. Like you could just go. Just put him in front of him five yards and go, and then just go. He's obsessed with cutting in, and he he does he gains like in this game actually in the middle for a game. I think in the first twelve minutes or something, he actually cut in and had a shot and it was blocked, and that was only good. He's only good moment of the game in that game. I think, I think I think he's been asked to do something that he's not used to doing, which is standing on the shoulder and moving into forward spaces. I think when you watch him for Ukraine, he receives the ball really deep on the left, and he's almost the person starting off the move. Yeah. Um, and you can see it I in his game. Did, he I wants think, the ball think... to feet, and he wants to, like, you know, then dictate how we, you know, the move forward he wants to play, think, and then he moves. I think, I think when you're losing the ball 50 times in 800 minutes, like, that, that's why you don't want him to get the ball to feet. Yeah, you but I think, you know, the, that, that's fine because he's man. a young player. You know, we saw that with Salah, and we've seen it with loads of young players. But what I think, you know, he's not going to improve unless yeah. he plays. But I think he he's being asked to play a position, you know, this is just my opinion of when you watch him on the pitch, he just wants the ball to feet deep 
and he want you know we've seen it with him where he does play good passes over the top through the lines and stuff because he he actually has good vision but he people are expecting him to be someone that he's not and i think that's going to cause a bit of a problem I agree. In tight areas, he gets the ball, and he just—I mean, in this game, even—I mean, against Middlesbrough as well. I mean, I mean, they haven't. Exactly the Middlesbrough was just embarrassing. I think. It yeah, was, I mean, he, it was he, one of the most he, embarrassing performances. I've yeah, seen. I have. To, I mean, I have to say, I mean, I tweeted it on our um, account X, and uh, if you could follow us at X, we finally got to 2k followers. So if you could follow Woo-hoo! us, and, yeah, finally, <laughs> we can get to 5k followers in the next—I don't know—by summer, that'd be good. Uh, if you could follow us at Eat Sleep Chelsea, that'd be great. Yeah, I posted on next. I think it was one of the worst individual performances I've seen for a while. I mean, that is saying something. Yeah. Uh, in some of the performances, even under Potter, I can't remember too many. I mean, half was dreadful. I mean, I know he, I know he was on a booking, but I, don't, I, I mean, I think he would have gone off even without a booking. Um, he was he was terrible. And I, the thing is, as well, he, 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 it was his moment a bit because he earned. You know, he got that goal against Newcastle, and I think that's maybe why Potter started him. You know, you know, give him give him a chance. Big biggest game. In, I mean, don't. It ended up 6-1, but remember, before the game, it was tense. We're like, wow, I think Middlesbrough score, we've got to get three. You know, it was tense, and we lose to Middlesbrough, it's going to be really embarrassing. He plays him in this big game, and he just had his worst performance in the Chelsea shirt, and it was, it was a terrible timing for him. And Yeah, I mean, we spoke about, Chris, I know you're saying he needs minutes. We should talk about that, because he's not going to get minutes in terms of... It's a little bit like Pulisic. Pulisic was like that. When you gave him a run of games... Sometimes he turn up, but even going to get that with Madueke there, Jackson, like I said before, can play left wing. I think Sterling, Palmer can play right wing, and Kunku might play out wide. He's not going to get a run of games unless he really perform. He's got to come in and hit the ground running. Well, I think that's that's one of the issues we have with the whole team is everyone wants everyone yeah. to be a twenty eight year old superstar who's going to perform consistently. You know, it wasn't long ago. You know, Mudrick was in the warming ups in this, so no, it just I, I, it just I, happens. I, you know, with these guys, and it will happen with. All of the players that we've got, and it's happened. You know, Badiashile looks horrendous suddenly. Mm. Brozier looks like he's completely awful. I bet you when Brozier goes and plays someone else, he looks good. We've seen it with Matson. Everyone was saying how bad Matson is, and he's been a revelation Where? at Dortmund. He's been what? A revelation at Dortmund. And I think there's yeah, there's think lots it. of yeah, and I think there's lots of people, young people like Jackson. I think when you know, players drop down levels, it's common for them to look better. I mean, if you go play in League Two, he's going to look better, isn't he? I mean, that's just normal. If you go to the Bundesliga, you're going to look like a better player. My point is, these guys are getting consistent chances to play, and we'll see it maybe with Lavia. We'll see it maybe with Santos. see it maybe with uh, Cassidy. You know, not everyone can play. And when they do play, they've got to be performing at the highest level, apparently. And I think that that's where we're going to run into big problems. We see it with Jackson every week. You know, I wouldn't. You're speaking like about Mudrik, like he's sort of 17 and 20 million. Like he's a 65 million pound, 22 year old player. He's one of the older players. Actually, he's older than Caicedo, older than Enzo. Who but his his experience is not the same, Craig, is it? Caicedo's been the Premier League for a year. Did you see the stat where so Fernandez, Enzo Fernandez, who is 12 days younger, has more more than double the minutes he has. Just yeah. about double the minutes, yeah, of senior players. But it's only oh, got oh. 10,000 minutes. And a lot of that's in the Portuguese league as well, which I, I wouldn't compare, but, you know, that. I mean, Mujic, playing I mean, every game Mujic. from last January. I just think that, I, I think, that, I think, well, specifically Chris, but I think people are quite lenient on Mudrik compared to what they are about other players because it seems like he's almost so pathetic uh, on the pitch that you, you sort of feel I, sorry I, for him. I don't know well, about that. I think it's because he shows a real upside, right? Like you see yeah. elements of like. I have. I, mean, I, I just haven't seen it. I guess I've not. I've not seen. He does do things like he did this through ball versus Villa at home in the league. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> no look. Through, it's yeah. unbelievable. No look through ball. It's like wow. It's like yeah. He does the odd thing, and you're like, where did that come from? And then he gives he the ball away six times yeah, a game. I, I get it. I get it. It's like a. It's a diamond in the dirt in terms of Remember, what Remember, you know, you look at, again, I showed you his outputs earlier. He's got the same output as Sterling in the league. Mm. And, you know, so if we're talking about bad performances, his outputs are the same as someone who we might think is actually performing quite well. So that's, I mean, that's the reality Sterling's of minutes versus... All the way six times a game. That's, lot, that's the problem. Long story short, though, it's a player that we should loan 
but we can't loan. I think for image purposes, and because I just, I just think it would kill his confidence to get the loan. And I just, I don't think the board would even consider loaning him, to be honest. So, do what you do with Matson, get him back and get him in the Bundesliga, and maybe he'll score some goals, get some assists, and people think he's good again. Jaden yeah. Sancho, Jaden Sancho, bang, bang, bang. the Bundesliga's catching some, uh, some, some shots here, like, yeah, <laughs> brutal. Right, we're gonna move. Should we move on? Who have you guys got for your freezer? Who's next? I mean, it's only. I mean, mine was Madrid. I mean, I think there's only I'm one. As well, obviously. I mean, yeah. the only one is and the only other one is Broya. I mean, Broya. I mean, there's there's rumours that Fulham are in for him. You know, we've got a 35 million plus obligation. I hope he goes this window for him. I, I don't. I think the problem I with think... him going is I, I just what 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 are we doing striker wise if he leaves? I just think you're just doing Kunku and Palmer Force nine. And you play Jackson. I mean, I, we look better with Jackson in the nine. To be honest, and the thing with Broya is. His confidence is just shot, and like in that Villa game where he just booted it out, <laughs> like he, he he's just got, he's just got a demeanour. It's almost like when you play with someone at school, and they're they're one of the best players, but they've got a bit of a. And even Poch says like, you know, we need to smile more and we be more happy. He just gets into a mode where it's hard for him to shake it off. Fantastic player, but he's just he's just in a real there's a real cloud over him. And you know, we got that goal against Preston. You thought he'd kick on, and look. I, mean, I feel sorry for him because again, like he's been thrown in at the deep end. But I think it's, I think it's like what two goals in twenty appearances, something like that. It's just not good enough. I'm sorry, just like one league goal all season. You need more from him. I think he's got. A, he won a penalty against. Um, I don't think he's got an open play assist. I City. think he's got, I, City I won think a penalty. He, he won a penalty against City. Um, just need more from him and. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, the, the real thing for me was actually the Borough first leg. I thought, you know, Broya would come on and really affect the game, and he made us worse. Yeah. Um, I thought, wow, Broya bringing on, I wanted him to start that game. And he came on, he was shocking. And um, I don't know. I think it's just one of those, in the pure profit era, where if you can get the money for him, I mean, it's pretty clear with lining up Osterman in the summer, isn't it? That's what everything online suggests. And, you know, he's you know, hu- hu- hugging Didier Drogba and all sorts of going on at AFCON. You know, Drop was trying his best to sort of, you know, lead him towards uh, Stamford Bridge. But I just think I can't really see a long-term future for Amanda Breyer. And I, 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 he seems like a nice kid. I want him to have a good career. I think just go down the level a little bit like a Hudson Odoi did and just, you know, get out of Chelsea. We get some money and that's it, really. That's the way I see it going for him. I think it's like incredibly, again, it's just he's, he's barely played at anything no, in the I, last I, I, year I and a half. We shouldn't. Well, I, agree, but I like, know, but this this is you know this is I thought you know this is what we were moving away from, or are we expecting it, it, you know twenty two year olds to just be incredible day one like it's just not going to happen. I don't this like guy's, this guy. Sorry, hasn't I think played there's a difference ball. between being incredible and showing some level of of standard. But, you know, he's just come back from a massive injury. Let's give you've got to give him like a whole season. Yeah, he can go play on loan for someone else and and see if he can improve. I, 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 ideally, we would loan him. Ideally, we should loan him. But I think uh, to play it. we kept him because we're going to play him. I thought. No. I just think I, I I never really do this, especially on the clear lake. It's like, but when you put your accountant's hat on, it's good business selling for thirty five million. It's really Absolutely, good. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it, when you look at it, it's like, okay, yeah, you're right, Chris. He should have gone. But if who, who are you going to bring in though? We don't need to bring anyone in. Are you I, I hang your hat on and Kunku to stay fit. Well, we can. You can play Palmer there. I mean, we've got options. You, you can play. For, I mean, City did that one year and they won the league. They didn't have a I actually think. I think Mad Awake should be uh... not, not playing at City's level. Oh, uh, but I mean, there's Callum Wilson links. We can get a stopgap. I mean, we, there's loads of things. You can get someone like a Wilson and some of that for a bit of experience, and then we can get Austin in the summer. You've got to think of it as well. We just. You know, it is about the money, this deal. Broya wasn't being sold for poor profit. I think the conversation would be different, honestly. But I just think that that pure profit thing just tips it over the scale. And I just think, I just can't. I mean, let's say Osman arrives if, in if the summer. Had, if we had DA, if Nkunku was fit, right? Say Nkunku's fit and yeah. he scores, he, say he scored like 13 goals this season. Yeah. Broya's just coming off the bench and he's just, you know. To, yeah, I agree. No one in their right mind would be going, goal, oh, got to get rid of Broja. They would he's be he's no anyway. good. He's but, but awful. The, the exact thing like, happening with Chalabra. Chalabra hasn't played a minute for us. Well, he's, he's been injured the whole season as well. as well, right? Sorry? He's been injured the whole season, Chalabra. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, if he cut, he, he, he's the exact same. You know, people are, he, he doesn't need to play to just be a, a good a good sale, I think, bro. Yeah. I just think, that's lastly, I just think if there's a good market for the player, just with my, you know, blue coat, clear lake hat on. I think it's good business, and yeah, it's, it's cutthroat. It's cutthroat, in my opinion. There, if 
a lot of players, if you if you hung on to them, they'd be good. But I just that, with Broya, I just think the situation. If we get if we get a thirty five million bid in the next two days from Fulham, I take it. That's what I'm saying. Definitely, yeah. Last thing I'll say is Dom Solanke's doing quite well for Bournemouth, isn't he? He's had one good season in the Premier League, and we sold him years, ten, a, a years, decade ago, didn't we? This is just—it's just like it's just no. That's just what happens for young players; they get better. That that, that isn't true. Lots of players get sold and and go on to do absolutely nothing. This, it, the, the, the argument to that, Chris, is you know, like a Hudson Odoi. We probably could have sold Hudson Odoi for 50, 40, 50 million. And you end up letting him go for three million. You know, it, it goes both ways. If you hang on for Broyer forever and there's no market for him, I just think if you can get thirty-five million in this market, I think it's, I think it's good business, and I think it would be quite good for his career. And I think it's a bit of a win-win personally. But people right only want to talk about uh, Mo Salah and Kevin De Bruyne, and don't want to talk about the hundred and eighty players that we've sold in, over the the that period and been correct. And um, we haven't really needed to sell players like that. Because we've actually bought good players in the first we'll place. Do, we'll have to do like a macro helicopter view pod about pure profit, won't we? Right. Warming up? You're up, mate. Warming up. Warming I think there's quite a few warming ups because I don't think there's too many boiling hots. So I think it's oh, I've, got to, I've got to go for my, my boy and goal, Petrovic. Yeah, he's good, man. Uh, I really liked him when I first saw him. thought he was a good shot stopper. Reminded me of Courtois. Um, not as good with his feet, but uh, you know, goalies are there predominantly to save shots, and he has been saving lots of difficult shots. I think he's hasn't made any mistakes really, apart from the uh, the one at Everton, which was just kind of his first touch. Um, I'm not sure he's the finished article at 24. We've got a long way to go with him. Um, whether we look to, you know, get another goalie in maybe in the summer, I don't know. But I really like him. I really like his attitudes. He seems like someone who's concentrating all the time, which is important. Um, and he seems like a quite, a, you know, we saw it in the penalty shootout um, against Newcastle. He's obviously a bit of a favourite as well. Like, I think, you know, that thing goes a lot, you know, those sort of moments go a long way. Um, and I really like him in goal. I think he kept us in the Villa game. With some really smart stops, where we were, we were play, you know, played on the counter, and yeah, I hope he keeps going. And you know, he's in really good form, so we just got to keep going with him and and hope he, uh, you know, has a really good game in the next sort of, I just think, really challenging fixtures next couple of months. I know, Chris, you were critical of him before with his distribution, and you're saying we're having to play long with him. And what would you think's changed in in that regard with him, or do you think that he's no, he's still really bad at that, definitely. But yeah, he was actually asked by Chelsea TV. So, you know, you know, you have to have the ball at your feet and stuff like that. And he took it as like a criticism. Like, yeah, yeah I really have to improve at that. He didn't understand the question. <laughs> I, think <they're> saying, <laughs> I, think, I think they're saying you need to get better. They're actually praising him. He went, oh, yeah, trust me, I'm working on that on the training ground every day. Because I think so I think he's very aware that yeah. he's, pretty, he's quite far behind Sanchez and with the ball at his feet, I think. He so, just doesn't have the, the same confidence as Sanchez. So, But, you know, that, as I said, as, as I said last time, he he won't be criticised for booting the ball long. He will be criticised if he passes Declan Rice the ball when he's you know when we're trying to retain possession. So it's it's one of those where if he does boot it long, we lose the ball anyway, and we were losing the ball loads in that mm. second half against Villa with long ball, with long balls he's kicking up. So I, you know it is what it is, but predominantly it's, it's shot saving, and I think he's been really good. So that's great. But are we sticking with him? Uh, Sanchez is looking like he's going to be back in the next week or so. What, what, what do you guys think with that? I mean, I'm a big boxing fan, and if if these guys were fighting in a big boxing bill, we bought you call like a pick'em. I think they're like basically fifty-fifty. Like you'd be like they'd be splitting the odds because Sanchez has got the edge with their distribution. I think Sanchez has made some world-class saves this season. That one against Villa at home in the league. Um, I mean, that was a fantastic save. He saved the penalty as well. Um, I think he's a very good shot stopper. I think Petrovic is slightly better. I just think you go with rhythm. Uh, just don't change a good thing. We don't know how Sanchez's injury is going to affect him. I just think Petrovic, four clean sheets in 10. He's very good at saving penalties. That might come into play in the final again. Um, yeah, I just don't think you change a good thing. It's rough. They're still on the London of Blue podcast. You know that it's rough that you drop a player for injury, but it's, it is what it is. And I just think, I think, I think it is Petrovic's to lose at the moment. I think, 
the you know he will have a bad game. I think yeah. that's we have to we have to allow that. I know already we want to keep the standards so high for these young guys, but yeah, he will make mistakes. He will have some bad games, and hopefully he doesn't just lose his place instantly, which is obviously a big problem with having it that competitive. Um, so we'll see. We have we have missed. I mean, I remember against City, we were doing some fantastic build up, and Sanchez was really doing some fantastic, almost like ironically Edison type stuff with Edison on the pitch there. And we have missed that with Petrovic and goal, but he's made some world-class saves, man. I mean, that one that he saved against Luton, where onto the bar, that was world-class. And then that one against Cash, where it, it's the saves where it's just behind you, where it's almost gone behind you, but you've like clawed it around. They're the ones that are like really, really fantastic. That's where the work on the training ground goes in. So, yeah, it was a quality save. And I think, I mean, Kepper wouldn't have got anywhere near that Cash shot, let's be honest. So, <laughs> that's a goal. So, um, yeah, that's the difference. Craig, what do you think? I'm sticking with Petrovic 100%. I, I don't really rate Sanchez very highly at all. Well, I, think, I, think, I, think, yeah. I think that's really harsh, personally, Bob. Some some decent distribution stuff, but yeah, the, he's given away a lot of goals this season. And, uh, you Was know, he, we were just talking goals? about... I mean, the the, Villa, oh, right, okay, the Declan Rice one, yeah. The Villa goal as well. We just talked about it earlier in the pod, the, the oh, Watkins yeah, yeah. shot. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, he has had a couple of rope, but he has... Yeah. He's, that's some good he's, done, he's done all right. I mean, he's just an average goalie. I, I think there's a real upside with with Petrovic. He can improve his distribution. He's only 24 years old, which is really young for a goalkeeper. He's come in to. He's playing for Chelsea. Uh, you know, mm. at 24, he's he's coming and he's looked the part. Um, yeah. I, either way, you, though, either way, they come out and catch a cross and throw it out. That's what I love. Like you're not getting like the good goalkeeper, and then you've got. Ke- Imagine Kepa was on the bench now. You'd just be like, please don't get injured. Because yeah. he's got Kepa to come in. Like, Petrovic, he's not useless, Sanchez. He's, he's, if Petrovic gets injured and Sanchez starts, I'm fine. But it's not like where you've got that big drop-off where we've got, well, we haven't really had a good goalkeeper for a while, but, you know, like where a goalkeeper's in form but your number two's like a dud. It's not like that at all. So, no, no. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I just think it's a no-brainer to, to play Petrovic yeah. now. Like, I, I don't think... I'd be so shocked if Posh goes back to Sanchez. Yeah, um, yeah so, yeah. Warming up for me? Yeah. yeah, who have you got? I had to do it. It's it's the big man. It's it's Axel. <laughs> uh, what a couldn't turnaround! Re- couldn't resist it. Couldn't I resist what, mate, opportunity. What tur- I mean, what what a turnaround story! Spielberg's been going to be riding the the rights to this from disaster to delight, coming out in cinemas, summer twenty twenty four. I mean, that's a bit I think over Bowley, the top. Bowley will have that round the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there'll be uh, there'll be some. I don't know some. I don't know. I don't know, there'll be some sort of uh, disaster uh, wannabes or lookalikes around the ground or whatever. But anyway, I mean, that's a bit over the top. But he's just a very solid 7 out of 10 performer. I don't think he's an elite defender by any means. I'm not claiming that. Um, just having a bit more influence on the side. And he sort of backdoored his way from that first Liverpool game of the season of being one of Poch's most trusted soldiers, whether you like it or not. And he's just gaining confidence. I mean, that goal was brilliant. And um, he joked afterwards that he actually was a striker. I mean, a lot, a lot of players at, at youth level, they're strikers, and they get eventually moved back to midfield and defence. But um, he was joking about, um, you know, being a being a striker in his youth days. And, uh, I mean, obviously a lot, of, a lot of people there, a lot of players, they start as a striker and then they kind of move back to midfield and... Uh, to defend when they become professional. But the thing that impressed me with it is his passing. I think he's a very good progressive passer. Not only at Carwell level, but his pass accuracy is very good. He averaged about 92% park accuracy over these games. He's starting to get some tackles in, Chris. Uh, a few ground jewels. He's always been pretty good in the air. Four accurate, four accurate balls I'm against Sorry, him. Can't have the aerial stuff. Like, I watched that Villa game. He's not... He's like... Yeah, I don't know if he counts as like aerial jewels when he's just like so late. <laughs> Yeah, he's, yeah. Ju- he's yeah. jumping, and it's the ball's nowhere near him. Does that count? Like it's. I just just... Think, I think he's improving, and I think he had a good, a good week. He had a good week, and you can't hang your hat on him. He's not elite or anything like that. But I think he's done well. And I mean, I've been calling Badia Shield world class in the past, but he's looking quite a bit better than Badia Shield. Badia Shield's probably not far off the freezer. I mean, he's having a stinker Badia Shield at the moment. He's yeah, he was lucky to avoid he, the freezer actually. I mean, I've. Um, I don't. I, I like to say I'm rarely wrong on players, but I might have been wrong about his shield. He looks shaky at best. So, um, yeah, definitely lucky to avoid a freezer actually. But yeah, I think Dzassi for a, a, a split's opinion on here on X at the ground probably. Um, 
but I think he's doing all right. And fair play to him. I think he had a good week. I'll I'll give Dzassi some credit because it is important that you know well, we praise people. For he's well. definitely warming up. Um, yeah, is uh, I really like his desire to get forward, and this is when he was yeah. playing centre back. He actually looks like someone who really wants to score a goal in the yeah. team, um, and that's super important for us in all positions. It's not just the responsibility of the attacking players. It's uh, you know we score goals as a team, and we can see goals as a team. So I like his personality in that sense. Um, yeah, footballing wise, there are big question marks I, at his, I, I, age, I, I, at his he's, age. He's compared to Rudiger a lot, and I remember when Rudiger first came, he was kind of a bit dodgy for a while. When people were like, who's this guy? And he kind uh, of, it, it kind of, it kind of grew into it. And I'm not saying, I'm not comparing. Him to, he's compared to Tony Rudiger a lot because of his personality. He's got that kind of extroverted personality. He's very passionate and whatnot. And I'm not saying he's as good as defender as Tony Rudiger was in his pomp at Chelsea. But I don't know, like endless patience for the attackers. Give him time. Give him time. Is I mean, now he's done a lot of games. It's his first season. Like just give yeah. Him. I mean, you know, Let, let's see. How, let's see how he does in the next couple of months. Against, as I said, the the fixtures are getting much more difficult. We're not playing Preston, Middlesbrough, and Luton, no, and Sheffield United anymore. So, it's it's going to be it's going to be challenging. So, it'd be a really good test. You know, we've got yeah. some really good left wingers we're going to go up against. So, you just say for the final, he might be in the eleven at the moment for Potts. Yeah, think. I think for so. Potts, yeah. for, you know, in the eleven, and then that's fair play to him. Whatever you think of him, I rate him above Fafana at the moment. <laughs> but um, well, we haven't seen Fafana play for a long time. But the I, I, what I would say is, does he know how to play? Is that I I think yeah. he's uh, he's had a good couple of games. I'll give him that. And yeah, like you say, the the bombing forward, I love to get right back. It is is passing. Obviously, it's not always his decision making is not not ideal. I mean, it's, it's he's he's a good passer. He's just nothing special. He, look, he's a. He's a squaddy. And a few positive superlatives. He's a squaddy. He's a squaddy. He's fit every week. I'll give him that. He's fit every week. If you're getting some love from the McCorkles, he is, he might be nearly boiling out here. I mean, that is... <laughs> I mean, Craig and Craig and Chris through gritted teeth saying, oh, yeah, he's getting better. Like, you know, he's getting better. But, yeah, yeah, I'm not having the Rudiger comp. I mean, it's just... That's no, just I, I'm just saying... He's not as mobile as Rudiger. It, it, it just annoys me a bit. I think it's a bit... I, I, the attackers get endless patience, like they've been there forever. Like Mudrik, like yeah, he's been a year. Yeah, but Zassi's twenty-five. Yeah, but Mudrik's twenty-three. Like, anyway. yeah, but fine. Well, fine. Zassi's twenty-six in like I mean, ten days. Zassi's come from an even worse. Lit. I mean, Zassi's. You talk about, you know, he's come Mudrick from his birthday twenty days. He's, he's he's come from league league. R. I mean, I mean that is. I mean that is that that can be a farmers league. You know, you haven't you haven't come from a great team in Monaco. They're not. You know, not. A, they're not very up and down Monaco team. They're not like the Monaco team we played under under Ranieri or anything like that. And he's not come from an elite team. It's a big step up for him. He's playing much better players. Yeah, it, it, look, it, there, there might be a thing where he has looked a bit like you know he's nicknamed disaster sometimes, and he has looked poor sometimes this season. And you know what? Maybe fifty fifty whether he actually turns out to be any good. But I don't think he's had a good week, and I just think you've got to give him a bit of credit. That's all. That's what he attempts are for, isn't it? That's it, Craig. Who have you got? Well, a couple, couple of other ones. I mean, you guys have taken the, the clear ones, but I, I think I'm going to go with Caicedo. Um, I think we, I, like I've sort of alluded to as well, just the double pivot with him and Enzo. I think, I think we're just starting to see these guys really evolve um, and sort of learn the, the structure of the team a bit better. I love that when we press up high, he's so aggressive, Caicedo. Um, and it, he really puts people right under it. There's been there was a couple of cracking tackles in that Villa game that he put in. Um, and yeah, look, you kind of the problem with when you're a hundred million pound player is sort of the expectancy is that you play well, um, which is fine. But I, I think he's uh, he's settled in really really well now. And obviously, you know, I want to give other players you know the opportunity to to be young players and evolve. He's only 22 as well, so I I really do think that that he's a is a superstar and I, I can't wait to see him grow even more um in these next few games coming up. Yeah, I like Kaiseido. Um I really like him. I think he's someone who does a lot of difficult things in the game. Um I think he was really doing well to cover Enzo Fernandez as well because he was really struggling defensively against Villa Enzo. I mean, us I, I could have done a comp of some of the absolutely embarrassing tackling that was on display. It reminded me of Jorginho, to be honest with you. It was really, really bad. 
But uh, Caicedo was there to get back and, and you know, cover the man, get win the ball back, tackle. He's doing a lot of extra work for that. So, um, yeah, I don't like him with Enzo. I think I really like him with Gallagher. Um, I think that's a perfect duo. And but like, he plays well. It's difficult to play well in that role and be like, yeah. you know, well well known. Well, you know, it, it's one of those where you go at the end of the season and you look at the stats and it's like, oh, actually, he was fantastic. So the less involved he is, almost the better. If he is going to stick in that DM in a four-two-three-one, if he goes four-two-two-two, then I think he can actually be more effective. Also, his forward passing is absolutely incredible, and it goes completely under the radar because yeah, no. they they seem to want to pass to like. Enzo and people really rate, you know, a lot of the passing from from other players. But his passing forward is exceptional. If you can get him on the ball in the middle of the pitch, he's really, really good at picking a pass out. Um, and we need to get him in those positions a lot more. I think they're both really good. And yeah, I, I completely disagree with your point about them not being a good double pivot. I think they're fantastic and really well balanced. And Enzo in that Villa game was only dribble pass once that I have noted. So I must have missed the times that he was. Yeah, for these stats, he's just, he's just so far away. Maybe it just doesn't count. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think one of his weaknesses is that he is a, a little bit slow, but the, I think they're both great passes of the ball. And look, we're lucky to have both of them. And I'm excited to see them grow in the double pivot together. I think just zoning in Kaiseido, I think he's not the player I expected him to be, but I'm actually quite enjoying it. Um, I was a bit. I, I expected him to be a bit of a, like I said, I didn't watch much Brighton last year. I was expecting him to be a bit, a bit of a destroyer, a bit of a rice in a way. Get the ball back and then just kind of like pass it off. But he's not like that. He can. He's so good in tight spaces with the ball, especially. If, he does this kind of little flick around the corner pass that he does. No look because he knows where the other player is. Um, yeah, just a lot of fantastic attributes. He's often got his back to goal in putting very tight areas, and he gets himself out of it. Um, the only thing that I really I'm a bit worried about, he is quite petulant sometimes. Um, he easily could have got sent off against Newcastle um, when there was no VAR, and after ten minutes, he does leave foot, he does leave his foot in a little bit too high. And the VAR era, I'm a bit worried about that. Um, but other than that, I think he's. I mean, that, I hope. I mean, I'm sure he's only 21. He'll grow out of that. But he's got to be a little bit careful of that. He does leave studs in a little bit sometimes um, and get some silly yellows. But other than that. I agree. He's, he's, like I said before, like after being in the Mayfair Hotel or whatever and getting these deals done with his agents and getting takeaways and whatnot, waiting for the Romano, here we go. Like He, he just didn't have a pre-season really, so I, I think next season you're going to really see him when he gets a proper pre-season under his belt as well, and so hopefully he can kick on. Boiling hot. I think there is only one winner for me. Um, that's got to be my boy Palmer. Oh, we're just going to put Palmer in, aren't we? I mean, is it, there's only ever one boiling hot. I, I, I thought I thought we'd skip him this week just to give him. There was a great meme. I don't know if you remember. Is it? Is it? Um, what Christmas film is it? Where they, uh, the, you know, there is Kira Knightley. It's not a Christmas film, maybe. Oh, it's oh yeah, like, you know, Love Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like, they're, they're, they're all, all of me. me. Yeah, it's like the Chelsea cops. is like they're all of me. <laughs> There's a bit in that film where the guy is in love with Kira Knightley and he's filming at the wedding and they're all of her and they were saying that, you know, basically everything that is good about Chelsea in the attacking moment is Cole Palmer, so it's all him. That was fantastically described. Thank you. Thing. Thank you. Thank you. That was very good. Um yeah, Palmer woman up. Uh, sorry, Boiling Heart, fantastic. I mean I thought I was skipping this week just because I don't want to inflate the boy's head too much, but I mean he's an absolute baller. Uh I mean that that little shimmy. I mean, talk about a redemption story. You know, he, oh yeah, against Middlesbrough, you know, he just, he's just, he, he threw on goal, throws a little shimmy, puts the keeper down, bottom corner, bosh. That second goal as well, that is such a difficult finish. On your weak foot, across the, um, to, to have it go across your body and put it in the bottom corner. And that was a dead second half, and he kind of lit it up again. And I mean, he's got a goal and assist well under 100 minutes now. Um, obviously a belt with penalties and I mean Chris you posted the stats today the WhatsApp you know stats we you know goals per you know goals per game and things like that and goals and assists per game he's the only one in a, anywhere in the top 10-15 in the league for us so we would be lost without him so yeah. keep him well, fit keep him yeah. fit Cottonwall FC whatever just get him keep Cottonwall in for the final I mean you can't imagine imagine Palmer Cottonwall is that a saying? 
Just <laughs> wool him. Just get him in. Just protect him. <laughs> Wrapping cotton wool. Um, <laughs> there you go. Uh, Wrapping cotton wool. Yeah, that's what it. Uh, I think part. Look, the thing about Palmer is, um, look, if you throw enough stuff at the wall, something will stick. And I think it has, <laughs> it, it, it has stuck with him. Family um, friendly pot. That's ridiculous. Like what's, what's he talking about? Stuff. Uh, <laughs> so look. We've we've lasered so much money <laughs> into the bank accounts of lots of clubs over the last two years, um, and we've given Man City uh, quite a lot of money in the last two years as well. And Palmer's actually turned out to be a real gem. Actually, um, he's still that there are elements of his game that aren't up to scratch, but I think going forward, he's he's very creative um, and he's very good at um, pressing. Finishing and you know he's he's got all the right attributes. By at the, the way, moment. everyone goes about off the ball. He's not good enough. Sometimes players are like that. Hazard was like that. Like not every player is yeah, like he... run. Not not every player is like run back, track all the time. Sometimes I'm sorry, I'm a bit old school. Like sometimes you have a player who's like doesn't do the defensive work as much, but he's a baller up front, and that's what he is. Like he he gives so much in attack that these deficiencies going back, you cover him from a little bit, and it's not ideal. I know, and it, sometimes. I wouldn't, you know, that that's something I I wasn't going to say that. I actually one of my issues with Palmer is I think he, and it's quite similar to Mudrick really. And what I was saying earlier, he wants to have the ball quite a lot, Palmer. So he drops in, um, very very deep. And when you're playing like a midfield three of yeah. Enzo Gallagher, Caicedo, and then he wants the ball deep, he tends to like. Then you end up with like a midfield four, and then it's. And we haven't got any wing backs at the moment, so that's probably part of the issue. And he's the only striker. Yeah, so, when, when he drops in against Villa and you've got two auxiliary fullbacks in uh, Baddy, Shield and Gilchrist, it wasn't ideal, no. No, no I think, I, I think the difference that that's, in, uh, that's... Palmer wanting the ball and Mudrick wanting the ball is Palmer's actually good on the ball. So that's why he's given the ball. But I bang think back. that... Bang, bang. <laughs> I think the issue that you run into then with him receiving the ball so deep is if we want to play all the games through Palmer, I think that's great. But that doesn't work when he's false nine, um, and it it didn't really work, unfortunately, against Villa. As I said, most of the chances were created. Two good ones were kind of counter attacks from us that were passed through quickly through Villa from the back. Very very quick passing. So, but when we had the ball on the edge, you know, pass as we do, passing the ball around twenty five yards out, it, it there's nothing for us there, and that's a real problem with the setup of the team. So. That's something he'll have to consider going forward. And that might just be an issue with the fact that Jackson's not there and Kunku's not there and all that, but that's just a general point on him. I just back him. I just, I just back him in big moments. I just don't I don't back Mudrick. I don't back Medoweke. I don't even back Sterling that much sometimes, I'll be honest. I think Sterling's been a bit... I think Sterling had quite a poor game against Villa. Poor decision. I like, I like Raheem Sterling a lot. Fantastic pro, great player. But Sterling blows hot and cold a bit. With Palmer, I mean, all right, he's missing chances, but he's just... Just very rarely has a poor game. I mean, even the poor games you 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 um you point out Middlesbrough away and um in the in the first leg and then Villa at home we miss chances. At least he's getting the chances. Like at least he's involved. Like he doesn't go missing like other players do. So yeah, I just think I mean it's quite ironic because I think City actually done us in the deal. Apparently he was market valued at twenty five million and City had a bit of a punt that when Chelsea played forty million and we did <laughs> we we've actually got the bargain somehow. But uh, yeah, what a play. I mean. Like I said, I was going to skip him this week because just the best player in the in the squad by a distance, really, at the moment. He's just quality. I think just if we were to buy a really top winger, you know, like uh, someone who really holds on, so like Liao, you'd think, you know, someone who holds on to the ball, wants the ball. I worry about what Palmer would look like in that team where he isn't the focal point. You just put him in a 10, simple. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that's why they've been linked with uh, Elise as well. It's, I think they want to play Palmer in the 10. Yeah, and the, the, that's another impressive thing about Palmer. You've got to remember, he's going from right wing to 10 to 8 to false 9. He's, they're, they're throwing him all about. And yeah. the other players, we go, oh, they're playing out of position. Yeah, exactly. When, yeah. when they play in their position, the classic Pulisic. When you put Pulisic, when Pulisic's dad used to go, <laughs> well, when you put Pulisic left wing, then it'll get better. No, well, it needs a fullback overlapping him as well. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? It's like put Palmer anywhere, he, he's sweet. So I think he. I just think when people come back from being fit, uh, you know, we dream of the day people are fit. Um, I just don't know. I just I think mean, he, I, I he could, know. When he it, could I, fall I'm, back a little bit. Just I think it might just come to people's eyes of I, I what know. he's I'm, actually 
all the stuff's going through him at the moment. That won't always be the case. I'm looking, forward to, to I'm looking forward to a proper forward coming in and Nkunku and what he can do with him. Because if he can do this well with the attack that he, that he plays with, the inefficient attack, imagine what he can do with proper players. So, I don't know. I just think he's, I just, just keep him fit. Cottonwall FC, put him in Cottonwall, whatever you want to say. Keep him fit. That's the only worry because he's, he's, he's mustard quality. All agree on that. Lovely. So that concludes the temperatures, I think. Yeah. Fantastic. As always with Cole Palmer. <laughs> As always, yeah. Uh, with Cole at the end. Copy um, and post every week. All right. We won't be able to get a Liverpool preview out, but um, we'll do a quick round table of predictions. Obviously, Klopp announced uh, recently that he will be stepping down as Liverpool manager at the end of the season. Um, that's big news, huge ramifications, I think, uh, for Liverpool and maybe suggest that, um, you know, things will be changing at that club probably over the summer. But um, what do we think of the game coming up against Liverpool in the league away at Anfield? Is it a very tough game? Obviously, the implied win probability is around 20% for Chelsea, so you can tell the the confidence is not there uh, amongst the uh, the bookies for Chelsea to go out and get a result. But do you think we would play really well at Anfield last few times we've been there? Um, in fact, the time that Rhys James got sent off for that handball, that was, I think, two games ago, I thought we were, I think that's, it was incredible the way we were playing in that, in that game before that um, happened. So I, I, I do think this is a, you know, we sort of go back to this before with this sort of young group is the home games are just so much easier for them than the away games and and you know the the stress of playing at Anfield I I don't know if they're they're ready but it's a it's a big test and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how these guys react because we, like I said we found out a lot about players this season and we're going to continue to do that. I think in the short term I'm talking about Jurgen Klopp quickly. I mean fantastic manager, one one of the best Premier League managers ever. I mean brilliant what he did there. He came in. 2016, I mean, and he had like Ben and players like that, and Milner, and all these players, and completely revolutionised the team. I think in the short term, this announcement's bad for Chelsea because obviously they're going to be pretty revved up for this game in the final. But long term, it's fantastic for Chelsea because we've only finished ahead of them once since he's been there, and we won the league. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm quietly confident about this game. We've actually drawn. Liverpool in the last seven occasions over 90 minutes if you take away the extra time and the penalties they haven't really held over us much recently even when we were quite even under Potter last year uh, I mean Liverpool are in a really bad moment themselves there but obviously they're in a much better moment but they haven't got Salah if you can keep Nunes quiet um, I think Trent might be back for this game but obviously and Robertson but they're coming back from injury I don't know like I just think also with the high line we do have pace up front we can hurt them so um but again, the, we've, I think we lost five out of the last six away. It's chalk and cheese. It was at the start of the season we're doing pretty well away, and then poor at home. But it's kind of switched around. Um, I think that's yeah. just the like the quality of the opposition. Yeah, I, I just I just think yeah. I mean, they're going to be bang up for it, and it's like Liverpool of of the last of Klopp really the rock and roll football. Like the first twenty minutes, they'll be all over us probably, or that we will have to stem a a tidal wave at some point. And whether we can, we have to wait and see. But we can hurt them on on you know counter-punching and on the break. So, we'll have to wait and see. I think the most important thing for me is we put in a performance. It's been yeah. completely absent against... Newcastle was okay, but they folded like a deck of cards. I don't know what happened at Man United and Everton. That was just a complete disgrace, to be honest with you. Um, so, a big game for Potch, really. I think, you know, if we're 2-3-0 down at half-time or, you know, in the second half, the game gets away from us again, I think... There have to be more question marks around, you know, the tactics, the team, obviously how the game goes. But for me, it's a big opportunity for him to really get a result. Um, we need points. We've lost so many points in the first half of the season that we should have got. So this is a game that we have to go and try and win, I think. There's no point, you know, losing this game is what everyone expects, right? So if it's a draw, I don't know. If you really wanted to get into the top four, he's going to have to try and win it. In my opinion, I know people say there's loads of games left. There really isn't. Um, we're, we're into the second half of the season. There's we're into February, so we've got to go. We've got to start putting a run together. We've got to start building confidence in the team. A win at Anfield, it'd be the they haven't lost all season, so it'd be huge, and it'd be a massive 
psychological boost for us going into the final as well, um, which we need desperately. Predictions, boys. <laughs> Who wants to go first? I'll go first. I think... Let me just have a quick think. Hang on. How many we're going to win by, yeah? All right. I think I'll go for a very ambitious. I'll be optimistic. Come on. Let's be optimistic. Uh, I'll go for... Well, this game's always a draw, isn't it? <laughs> so I'll go 2-1 Chelsea in a in a massive... Hames always a draw when he goes too well. Last dat, last last winner. What are you up to? I'm, go, I'm going one one. I I I fancy us to play much better than we have played in recent away games. I don't know if it's enough, but I I do fancy us to play much better. You, you've actually nicked mine. I had one one. Um, I think sometimes emotion gets the better of you, and I think with this clock thing. The players will be trying so hard to... I don't know, there must be... Clean, I mean, there was rumours that like Van Dijk might leave in the summer now. And don't get me wrong, the players want to do everything. But it might... I don't know, it might... It, a lot of people are saying it's bad for us. But maybe it will just confuse them a bit. And, and they might get a bit overall by the emotion and we can nick a point. But I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. These games are often draws. And uh, it was draw at the start of the season. So, yeah, just go 1-1. One, one. But you wouldn't be surprised if we lose. But... Obviously, because they're obviously quite heavy bookies' favourites. But I have to wait and see. I'm, I, I, again, I agree. I'm expect. I'm not. I'll be shocked if we get. I won't say shocked, but I'll be surprised if we get slapped up like four 0 or something. I don't see that. I mean, personally, I think it'd be a two-one, like something like that. Don't clip that. <laughs> I, I remember before the United game how confident I was um, going into yeah, you, that. You, you, you were the only one, though. So. I couldn't believe how bad we were in that game. I mean, like, that's just that really killed my spirit for uh, for rotation. But I've gone for the yeah. win. Just uh, the, the team has sort of turned up results wise since then. So I'm thinking they've got that sort of the, the performances. They've got that winning momentum. They've got that kind of when they go down, they won't be like, oh, that, that's it. Then they won't be. I don't think they're like that anymore. They'll keep I think following. It, I think at Anfield, mate, it it can it can swallow you up. Don't know. Don't know. Big team selection, big. I think no Salah. I just think you can keep Nunes quiet. I think I think he's really dynamic for them. And I Jota scored a couple recently. But if you keep Nunes quiet and, and wind him up a bit because he, he's quite erratic, I think you think you might be alright. We we'll have to wait. And see. I think we can definitely play well. Anyway, let's see. All right. Well, we will find out. Um, the game's coming up very close. So it's on Wednesday. So we look forward to that and. Uh, Thanks for all your time today, guys. No Appreciate worries. It. <laughs> Lovely. Um, cool. Well, we will be back next week after Liverpool game to give our thoughts on that. Um, for more updates on all things ESCR, you can follow us on X at Eat Sleep Chelsea and Instagram at Eat Sleep Chelsea Repeat. As always, we hope you're carefree wherever you may be. And thanks for listening.